0: 26th of February 2017 this is the Aaron meta show uh, I'm gonna be honest with everybody uh, this is not going to be a regular show um, as you can probably tell uh, there's no intro uh, I'm the only one here and uh, the reason for that is is because uh, recently uh, I've uh, had my mother in hospital and uh, she's uh, perfectly fine now she's out and uh, she's uh, getting better but uh, as you can probably imagine uh, my uh, attention is probably focused more on her than it has been on anything else right now so I uh, I have got something for this week but uh, as you can probably imagine it's uh, not going to be too much and uh, also I've not got my uh, broadcast team with me today so uh, it's literally just going to be, we're going to talk about what's going on this week and uh, then after that I'm going to be heading out. Um, So yeah it's been an interesting week for myself, Um, Preston North End won on the uh, weekend so I'm pretty happy about that and uh, we we did pretty well against uh, Queen's Park Rangers and I think uh, even though uh, my dad has uh, had a bit of a rocky week uh, he's had a nice uh, uh, welcome for this weekend as Manchester United have lifted up the uh, English Premier League, was English Football League sorry I should say, uh, trophy and so he's pretty happy about that right now. Uh, A key Theresa May aide here in the United Kingdom has uh, hit back after being criticized for saying that uh, certain disability benefits should uh, go to what he quotes as really disabled people rather than anxiety sufferers, uh, revealing that he struggled with the condition as a child. Uh, His name is George Freeman. Faced, uh, la- call, faced calls from uh, the opposition Labour Party to apologize and uh, f- after criticism from charities I was saying that personal independence payments, also known as PIP, uh, should go to the really disabled people who need it, quote-unquote rather than those who are taking pills at home or suffer from anxiety. Um, but Mr. Freeman has hit, ba- has hit back saying that uh, he suffered himself from uh, childhood anxiety and depression, from what he said, and also added in a, a tweet on his Twitter page, uh, I don't need any lectures from damage anxiety. the damage anxiety does, to be honest. Well, in my opinion, clearly he does, because um, what he's basically doing is he's basing, um, from his opinions, uh, his own um opinions on what, uh, how disability affects people and as we all know disability affects many people in many different ways I mean let me just safely say this I'm really happy that George Freeman uh, was able to uh, get over his uh, anxiety issues and his depression uh, in his childhood and he was able to uh, uh, be able to get over that but the reality is, is that there are many people out here in the United Kingdom who still have these problems and it affects them to the point where they just feel that they can't face life uh, the way that we can, I mean, it kind of somewhat affects me in a way because uh, I mean I'm lucky to be, to be to be straight with everybody. You know, I'm I have uh, autism, Asperger's syndrome, dyslexia, and also I have a communication disorder as well. And but thankfully it doesn't affect me to the point where it doesn't affect me being able to go to work or being able to uh, drive a car or being able to do most other things that everyone else can do in life. Thankfully it doesn't hurt me that badly, but for a lot of people here in this country, it affects them massively. And I think for George to kind of be, dare I say, close-minded on this issue, to the where he just says, well, you know, it affected me this way, and I got over it, so therefore it shouldn't affect anyone else as badly, and only really disabled people should only be, uh, uh, be, be affected and only be able to be helped by the government. Which I say, you know, he's just very close-minded on this. And I don't think he really appreciates uh, other people's situations. Um, we did a story uh, a, bit, a while back ago about uh, someone who had no ability in, in Liverpool to uh, be, even be able to bathe himself, and he didn't have the proper, um, you know, accommodation, and he didn't have the proper support, and he was ending up being bathed in a paddling pool in his living room. It's like you know, it was it was, it was disgraceful, and I think if this is the type of thinking. That uh, goes into helping disabled people in this country, then no wonder we're he- hearing all these stories about uh, people being declared fit to work when obviously you know they're either brain dead or you know would have no uh, ability to uh, be able to do any work whatsoever. And because uh, if we're having a government that bases disability on what they see, you know, walking in and out of the office and not about, you know, statistics or, you know, uh, what disability charities are saying. You know, like here, um, the Independent Equality for Human Rights Commission, uh, Rebecca Hazenrath, uh, said that uh, any decision should be based on sound evidence and not sweeping generalizations. Uh, there are many people out who have seen disabilities and they need... S- just as much support. Uh, these comments will only feed into negative perceptions of disability and add stigma surrounding mental health issues. And I'm totally on with her about that because, you know, mental health. We need to have a serious discussion about mental mental health in this country because I think the the, the we really don't have. Uh, I don't think a full grasp, even though you know studies have been and also you know polls have been done about how people recognise that you know mental health awareness and uh, and how mental health needs to be taken seriously, and yet this this the yeah, our government and even 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 some politicians who really should be on the ball at this issue just aren't. And I think there needs to be a massive discussion about all of this and I think uh, the problem is I think we're too distracted with either I don't know you know arguing about how Donald Trump is the president of the United States or uh, you know the, the NHS being in crisis not to say the NHS is not uh, you know a, an important topic but uh, and also kind of coincides with our uh, uh, you know uh, you know it kind of with them with a debate over mental health but you know we really need to have a serious discussion about it I think uh, opinions like George Freeman's don't help in this in this regard uh, Phil Reynolds, uh, who is the uh, policy and campaigns advisor for Parkinson's UK, he said about it: uh, "Any changes should be uh, about uh, pitting different conditions against each other. Shouldn't be about uh, pitting. Sorry, any changes shouldn't be about pitting different conditions against each other, but ensuring that the benefit system is fit for purpose and is effectively supporting people in desperate need." Which is that we've seen, you know, various examples of uh, with, uh, you know, obviously these rise of food banks and these, uh, you know, these horrible stories that we see coming out of job centres about trying to get as many people off uh, benefits as possible. You know, the, these uh, these stories currently coming out, you know, that, that's obviously, this is the opposite of what we've got right now. And, you know, so, and this is helping to people, happening to people even without mental health problems. So imagine well, how difficult it is right now for people with disabilities at the moment. So, you know, it's like, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, George Freeman is totally entitled to his opinion, but I think I value the opinion more of mental health charities and uh, and the, the experts who know what they're talking about here. Rather than just, you know, it's like, oh, well, I, I got over it. And not to say that it's not a bad thing that George Freeman, I'm really happy that, you know, he's uh, managed to get over his uh, his anxiety and depression issues. You know, it's a horrible thing to happen to you, and uh, I'm really glad that uh, he's able to, and uh, even got to the point where he's now uh, an advisor for the government. But uh, I really think there should be a more broader pool than George Freeman about, you know, a debate about what we need around her mental health. And that's all I've really got to say about that. Um, this whole thing with Kim Jong Un's half brother uh, Kim Jong Nam is um, very perplexing to me. It's uh, something that's—it's uh, just the fact that it happens so out of the blue, and even to the fact that uh, you know his uh, half brother has never really had any intentions of uh, you know seizing power of North Korea or having any of Korea or having any uh, type of um, um, showing any type of like rebellionism against. Uh, Against the, uh, the North Korean government, besides you know giving his opinions on things, maybe that's one of the reasons why maybe they consider him so dangerous over these years. But uh, uh, the latest update is that the Malaysian health minister said on Sunday that uh, a dose of nerve agents was was given to uh, uh, the North Korean uh, ruler's Kim Jong Un's half uh, exiled half brother uh, was apparently it was a, a toxin so high that it killed him within 20 minutes, and it could could have caused and if he'd survived would have caused a very serious paralysis. And um, I mean, right now there's an investigation currently going on. I mean, there's all sorts of stories currently going on about this. Um, there's apparently some rumor going around, that apparently that this was a, uh, a they, the person who administered the agent apparently thought she was taking part in some kind of uh, some kind of reality show stunt. Um, there's uh, all sorts of other stories currently going on right now. And right now, it's one of those situations where really it needs uh, kind of an official investigation and a report so that. You know, we can get the facts straight on basically what happened here. We all know that, you know, Kim Jong-nam is now, you know, uh, has, has, has been killed. We all know that's a, a fact, and has been, you know, from the looks of this case, has, uh, has he been assassinated, assassinated by North Korean agents? Well, that's the story right now. Whether that story is going to change, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we don't know. I mean, it's, um, but uh, there is strong suspicion that North Korea was involved in this, even though they're denying it. But uh, I think right now, right now we need an investigation into what happened, and because um, right now we don't know what the full facts are at the moment. Right, all I can see is either a mixture of between you know stuff going on from the Malaysia Police, uh, there's still an pending investigation, and uh, sensational headlines from tabloids. And right now, all of that all that concoction is not helping us kind of get to the truth at the moment. So I think that still needs to be uh, thoroughly investigated, in my opinion. Let's talk about Pixar for a moment, Um, kind of switching massive gears uh, at at this present time but you can probably tell how quick I'm trying to get through the show, but uh, there's um, six Pixar movies that are coming out uh, soon and uh, I thought maybe we could go through maybe four of them and um, I want to give my opinions on basically where Pixar is going after Finding Dory, Inside Out and... uh, very, you know, also, also, you know, how they rec- how they recover. I mean, from the Good Dinosaur, because the Good Dinosaur was a massive, massive failure. But thankfully, Inside Out came along, and then Finding Dory came along after that, and it uh, gave Pixar, uh, you know, it kind of ru- rubbed away the uh, uh, the awfulness of uh, the Good Dinosaur. So, um, the the one the first one the first one I am going to talk about is Cast Three because, you know, it's kind of the sequel nobody asked for. And yet, um, it's the you know this is the thing that uh, Pixar has been putting out to make money, basically. It, that's all it is. It's the for me. The Cars franchise really doesn't have any kind of substance to it, rather than basically to be uh, a manufa- you know, basically a a tool to sell you know manufactured goods, which I think is not the best thing for a movie. In my opinion, now I'm sure there's some Cars fans out there who're going to disagree with me, saying that they love the characters and that so uh, there is probably more substance to them than I think. But Cars never grabbed me as a, um as a film, and people are going to say, well, you know, it's just for kids and things like that and uh, stuff like that. It's not really meant for for you. But uh, you know, look at Pixar's um, you know inventory and look at its filmography. I mean, this is the thing that made like things like the The Incredibles, Ratatouille. Uh, you know, A Bug's Life, um, Toy Story, you know, making films that anyone can pick up and anyone can watch and get some enjoyment out of. And it kind of annoys me when they say, you know, here's Cars. It's like, you know, well, this is, you know, you stop criticising Cars, you know, it's, like, it's not really for you, but it kind of makes me feel less involved from the Pixar magic when people tell me that, saying that, you know, this particular film is not for you. Because, for me, I feel like Pixar has done an incredibly good job in trying to involve as many people and entertain as many people as possible over the years. And it's done it successfully. I mean, again, Ratatouille, The Incredibles, they're two of my most fam- you know, favorite films right now. Monsters, Inc. You know, these were, these were films that it's, uh, families could sit down with and have a laugh with and get some really enjoyment out of the characters, out of the jokes, out of the, uh, out of the, way, out of the way it's animated. And the way you know the the, uh, the 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 3D technology that goes into it. This was a film for everyone, you know. Pixar was a, is a is still, in my opinion, a massive revolution, and um, to me. But the problem is now the wear and tear is starting to show. And Cars and a do a, a good dinosaur uh, is a good are good examples of this, in my opinion. So you know, there's a trailer that's come out. It looks interesting, in a way, but. It's not something that's going to get me to the cinema anytime soon. I'm sorry, but Cars after Cars, and definitely after Cars 2, we're definitely not going to car- Cars 3. I mean, I can see where they're going. They probably now realised that the people who watched Cars originally are now older, and that's probably what Cars 3 is probably going to see to go towards. Maybe. Maybe that's where they're going with it, but for me, right now... I'm not interested. I'm sorry. The next one is Coco, which uh, this one is. Uh, it follows a 12-year-old boy named uh, Miguel. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but uh, who conjures up an extraordinary family reunion uh, between the living and the dead on the Mexican holiday celebrating the beloved deceased. And I have heard about this holiday in uh, in Mexico. I think I did remember oh a very long time ago writing something about it, and I really can't remember all the. Uh, the things about it, but uh, you know, this is—it's uh, been described as kind of a, uh, a, um, a a a love song to to Mexico in uh, you know in the Trump era. That's how it's kind of been. Uh, how some of the media has built this and. To be honest with you, I think um, I would like to say Pixar should stay away from politics as much as they possibly can. You know, if they want to reference it, then great. But, uh, you know, obviously don't let it be the mainstay of the uh, of the whole presentation. And uh, thankfully, they've not done that in the past, you know, in my opinion. But uh, let's hope this is not going to be their first try at doing that. So let's hope this is going to be an original story that, you know, we can all, get into whether you're a Trump supporter or not, so uh, um, it's been suggested that uh, that it may be a musical, which will be interesting because um, I've not seen, you know, some of my favourite Pixar films aren't musicals. I mean, they have great music in them, but they're not necessarily musicals, and uh, this would be a very interesting thing, because, you know, Disney, for as far as we can go, has always been in love with kind of like the music number you know, whether it's uh, you know Under the Sea or a Whole New World or Beauty and the Beast and, you know, the whole that whole era in the 90s. And then, you know, before that, there was, uh, there was various ones as well that uh, I can't... my mind doesn't kind of go to it. It's, um, I'm sure there was... Uh, oh, yeah, there was Hi Ho, Hi Ho with Snow White and things like that. So, they, you know, the Disney formula for a good long time has been a good musical. In a film, and so whether Pixar is now catching that musical bug, I don't know. But uh, you know, I guess Coco is going to be a good indication of that, and see where we go with this. Um, the Incredibles 2. They should have done The Incredibles 2 years ago, long before they did Brother Bear long before they did Brave, long before, I mean, I'm not saying Pixar did Brother Bear, but, uh, you know, you get my point, long before they did, you know, those Disney sequels, you know, that went to DVD, long before they did that, the minute they hit Incredibles, and the minute it did exceedingly well, I'm really surprised that Brad Bird was not approached with the idea of the sequel, right off the bat. Because in a way, that probably... I guess my biggest fear is with The Incredibles 2 is that we are now so far down the road that those who originally seen the, saw The Incredibles may not see the magic. I think that probably. I think the thing, the big problem with it is, is that. And I think we've seen this with uh, Star Wars: A Force Awakens. I mean, for Star Wars fans who originally saw the original, original trilogy and then were sick to their stomach over the prequels, and then saw A Force Awakens and thought, "Hey, this is good," and then that kind of magic kind of faded away after a after a while. And uh, so now I don't really hear anybody talk about, the, you know, the last. Uh, Star Wars, you know, Force Awakens anymore. They're more interested in the Last Jedi, which is going to be coming out, which I don't think I've actually talked about yet. So uh, hmm, maybe that's something I should do. But The Incredibles two, I think I can understand why a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, um, kind of get you know, groan over this over the idea of a incredible sequel. But if written well, and if given, you know, um, the the right, you know, the right character development, I think this could be actually be very good. I think I, to be honest with you I actually would like to see the difficulties of a superhero family would go to in later years the fact that uh, you know you got Violet who's growing up and Dash who's growing up and you got the thing with Jack Jack as well who's still trying to discover what power he has you know you've got some good story development you got some good story elements there and I really would I really would love the Incredibles 2 to explore those things my biggest fear is is that it's going to kind of try and go on its own tangents and uh, so it would. Um, it's going to try and tell you know a story that is kind of supposed to be radically different from what the original Incredibles is, and just to try and for the sake of trying to be original, you know, when it's being criticised as being a you know being a, a sequel and being too samey as possibly the Incredibles. Hopefully, it's not going to do that, and I'm hoping that it kind of retains its structure. That it kept from the Incredibles, and it just can kind of continues it on, but kind of you know, not not going, not be too afraid to go in certain directions, but kind of remain, you know, familiar for for people to kind of pick up on again. And I get, you know, that uh, there's some people out there who probably have never seen the Incred- the original Incredibles and want a completely, you know, new movie. But uh, I'm hoping that's going to be going to be the case. So, my, you know, I'm hoping that The Incredibles 2... I think Incredibles 2 will be a good movie. I actually want Ratatouille 2 as well. You know, Ratatouille, <laughs> I guess you could call it. But, uh, you know, we got Incredibles 2, so, you know, who knows? Maybe my other favourite film's going to get a sequel at some point. Toy Story 4. Absolutely unnecessary. Why are we talking about Toy Story 4? The, the ending for Toy Story 3, in my opinion, was brilliant. I thought... It left it with Andy going off to college. That you know the toys are going to be fine, and they got their new owner, and that's all good. I don't see the point of this film. I really don't. Uh, John Lasseter is saying that uh, he's is going to be the plot of it is going to be that uh, he's going to be so focused around Woody and Bo Peep, inspired by his own marriage. Uh, Bo Peep, of course, it is bit somewhere between Toy Story Two and Toy Story Three, uh, and the film will. Uh, uh, I dive into her backstory as well, but... Uh, I don't know, it's like... Uh, Bo Peep, for me, wasn't one of the feature characters of Toy Story. I think she she was a side character, in my opinion. I don't think... I mean, am I wrong saying that, uh, you know, I don't think Bo Peep should be a focus of a Toy Story movie? I mean, it would be interesting if she came back, and we heard about what had happened, you know, during the time that she was gone. But to me, that's more of a spin-off, director DVD sequel, not the uh, the focus of a whole feature presentation. If you remember my uh, last interview with Craig Ballard, you know about the about the jungle movie. We know that Lila is not going to be in that film, but he did open the leave the door open to a possibility of Lila coming back and doing, like, a, an episode of a potential Hey Arnold series. So basically, it's telling everyone what happened to her when everyone else was was in San Lorenzo in the Jungle movie. You know, that those types of stories I am open to, but not in, I would say, dro- I, I don't think Bo Peep really does, I don't think he's really for a, a feature presentation I'd say it's more kind of like you know you'd see in like in a side episode of a TV series just in my opinion that's just how I feel about it so I mean Toy Story 4 they're going to do it anyway regardless of whether we want it or not will I go see it I don't know we'll just have to see how much they tease it and see what it's going to be about so uh, all good luck to them and what uh, Pixar do in the future, I'm hoping that they're going to keep being original. And that they keep bringing us uh, stuff. The big problem with Pixar now is, is that they have given us such glorious films. In my opinion. Some people say that they're overrated. I personally think that uh, they've done brilliant work. In my opinion. No, Monsters, Inc. brilliant. Toy Story, brilliant. The Incredibles, brilliant. Um, Ratatouille, brilliant. A Bug's Life, brilliant. I I think they have done some very good films, in my opinion. Have they done bad films? Of course they have. They're not perfect. You know, Cars 2 and, you know, obviously with Cars 3 coming up, That's those for me, and also The Good Dinosaur, those are examples of not good films from Pixar. I totally agree with people on that. They're not perfect. But I think the big problem with Pixar is now is that is, is the originality running out with Pixar? I don't know. We're going to find out. Let's talk about the Nokia phone. Um, The makers of the Nokia phone have revealed its much anticipated new uh, 3310. It's a revamp of the most uh, successful of of the models. Uh, The device, which uh, came out in 2000, uh, was discontinued uh, five years later. Uh, Was known for its uh, long battery life, indestructible nature and popular snake game, Uh, with 126 million units produced. Uh, the updated version, uh, costing about uh, €49, Euros, so that's about £41 pounds here in the UK, uh, and going on sale later this year, will have a battery that lasts a month on standby mode and compared to the 11 days in the original. I get nostalgia sells. You know, it's like, you know, look at the mini NES. I mean, those those things keep selling out. I can't get hold of one. It's like, you know, it's every time uh, there's uh, announcements about them coming out, it's like, you know, they, they seem to be gone, you know, whereby... A good certain amount of period every time I you know every time I get the money for it it always seems to be sold out and also you know the the, vo- the virtual consoles and backward compatibility on uh, game systems has uh, for me has always been the reason why people move on to the next generation because you know at least they can go back to the next generation if they feel that uh, you know they want to go back to those to those days so you know uh, but a, a nostalgic Nokia phone has really anyone asked for that I mean because the people that I surround myself with usually are either in one of the next iPhone, or one of the next Samsung phone, or one of the next uh, Android phone. I mean, maybe there's one person who like has a Windows phone, who <laughs> is one of my family members, but uh, um, to me, I don't. I really don't know who's asking for this. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's got a nice uh, snake game with it, which is now in colour, but uh, For me, like, I remember my first Nokia 3310. I do remember the original 3310s. But, you know, I destroyed mine, uh, you know, not very long after. And I ended up getting, uh, like, one of the Motorola uh, flip phones. And but so, for me, you know, I don't really have much nostalgic memories of my Nokia phone. It was just a phone to me. Yes, the Snake game was fun. But, you know, when you're talking to a kid who, you know, in regards to games, was brought up on a Game Boy Advance and a Nintendo DS. I had more advanced gaming than, you know, whatever the Nokia 3310 could do. You know, it's like, uh, even Nokia acknowledged that. That's the reason they went with the N-Gage. You know, to to try and uh, go on the portable market and also have a phone. It was like one of the first, uh, you know, phones you could play games on. And that was a total failure because the uh, technology just wasn't there yet. And to me, I just don't see what the nostalgia is in having this Nokia phone. Does it, I don't even know if it runs Android, if it runs at its own operating, if it runs at its own OS, or if it has any, you know, benefits that uh, you know besides being, you know, you can have it on s- standby mode for a month. But I could potentially do that with uh, any phone. I I could do putting it into, uh, you know, uh, low the lowest power setting. You know, I could put, I can make that last, you know, a long time between charges. And we will keep this in mind. You know, there's a lot of people out there now. If you're worried about uh, charging, you know, charging station here, keep this in mind. The Nokia 3310 is £41. You can buy a charging module for half of that and still stay on your existing phone. Keep that in mind. So it's like, in that regard, you know, in regards to saving a battery life, I mean, there's not really much value to the Nokia 3310. It's, It's really to cash in on the nostalgia market, in my opinion. And well uh, whoever has the nostalgia over the Nokia thirty three ten you know good for you, but for me, no, I think I'd just staying on my sn- on my smartphone because it's smart. that's just my opinion about it. Let's go to Germany uh hate crime has uh there's nearly like ten attacks a day on migrants in 2016 uh, nearly ten attacks uh, were made against migrants in Germany every day in 2016, the Interior Ministry has said, a total of 560 people were injured in, in, a, in the violence, uh, including 43 children. Uh, three quarters of attacks uh, targeted migrants outside of their accommodation, while nearly 1,000 attacks were in, the hu- were in the housing themselves. What the hell is wrong with people? I mean, there's the, the nothing justifies violence. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing against these people. And keep this in mind. A good number of those people are fleeing persecution, uh, crippling poverty, or various other problems that they're facing, you know, in their in their home country, which has forced them to come over to this continent. You know, I, I highly doubt many of them made had to make a very difficult decision to leave their comfort zone, or you know, the lack of comfort zone that they had to come over here to what basically now, according to this is probably no better. How on earth do people get in their heads to go out and attack vulnerable people like that? And I've heard these rape stories, and I've heard all the stuff like that, but, uh, you know, attacking an innocent person in retribution of that is unjustifiable. I'm sorry. I really do feel bad for them. To be totally honest with you. I feel bad for uh, anyone. I feel bad for anybody who gets attacked, regardless of whether they're here, you know, legally, illegally, or whether they whether they lived here all their lives or whether they've only just come recently. No one deserves violence, at all. We can have a debate about whether they, you know, they should have been here in the first place. You know, would it have been better to keep them in uh, in safe in these safe zones that they're talking about, pending that they've never been attacked by. You know, ISIS or any of these other uh, you know terrorist uh, you know terrorist groups, or that these safe zones are not just being manipulated in any way by you know gr- foreign tribes or you know uh, you know local tribes or anything like that, and uh, they're not just being used as uh, you know uh, recruiting grounds, or that you know kids are being exploited there or anything like that, and that people have the ability to you know somewhat maintain some kind of decent quality of life there. I'm totally up to those debates, but when you have people, th- this is this is wrong to cause violence towards somebody, set their ha- set their accommodation on fire, chase them down in the streets, treat them like shit. It's all wrong, in my opinion. Fox News um, doesn't know when to learn. It really doesn't. I remember uh, many years ago when. Uh, you could see that Fox News was just trying to uh, play the uh, the narrative when George W. Bush was uh, president of the United States and trying to, re- to put, continue, and even continues to this day, push the uh, Republican agenda and uh, the conservative uh, narrative. And uh, this time they've been caught out, uh, not only to start off with, in um, in the very country that they're talking about. So uh, it regards around a person called uh, Niels Bilt. Uh, Nils Bilt, who is uh, known to, to the Swedish who is unknown uh, according to this to the uh, Swedish authorities but this did not stop Fox News uh, from bringing him on as and to uh, build him as a Swedish defense and national security advisor uh, neither the Swedish foreign ministry nor ministry of defense have ever heard of Bilt, uh, and who emerged uh, from the uh, who emigrated from the country in uh, 1994 uh, according to the newspaper against NIFA. Um, Bill uh, appeared on the Fox News uh, channel on Thursday, where he was interviewed by one of the station's most prominent presenters, Bill O'Reilly, the so-called non-spin, No Spin Zone. Surprisingly, he doesn't use that ta- tagline no more. I wonder why that is. Or if he does, you have to tell me. If, even if he still, still uses it, it's still fucking wrong. Um, during the section, uh, Sweden was described as a uh, country plagued by crime, particularly rape, with rises in crime linked to immigration. Again, feeding the conservative talking points that uh, go around the United States, especially in this vulnerable time, with uh, you know this whole debate about uh, undocumented immigrants in the United States, but. Uh um, in the mail, in the mail to uh, the Metro, uh, Bill actually said that uh, the official-sounding title apparently did not come from him. Uh, he, sta- he stated, and "I quote: I participated in Bill O'Reilly's show on Fox News. I had no control over the choice of title, which was made by Fox News's editor at the time. Uh, I am an independent analyst based in the United States. And it's true that he does do some kind of independent analysis work, from what I can gather. But the the, thing, the, the main thing here is um, Fox News here." they build this guy intentionally to fit, to feed their conserva- to feed their conservative base uh these talking points hopefully this story will now kind of start to uh show anyone new to fox news or uh, you know tell people once again fox news is not news it's just biased bullshit that they like to do uh fox you know for me a long time ago, Fox News is one of the reasons why people do not trust the mainstream media in this country. You know, forget CNN, forget. You know, for me, Fox News, uh, with its conservative slant, I believe is uh, re- responsible for a lot of the reasons why we don't trust news in this country. Because you, you, you mean? I remember when they were going after video games at the time, and they were inviting on either these uh, so-called school shooter experts. I completely forget the name of the guy who it was, but, uh, you know, saying that, you know, violent video games was causing, um, you know, people have mental health breakdowns and stuff like that. And uh, various, um, you know, uh, i trying to remember who he was. It was uh, Jack Thompson. I remember now Jack Thompson. And, you know, he was making all sorts of, uh, you know, he, they let him come on the show, call people idiots and liberals and things like that. And, you know, that was uh, that video games were evil and things like that. And uh, we all knew it was bullshit. We all knew. And uh, it's just amazing that uh, Fox News just hasn't learned its lesson. You know, Jack Thompson, from what I recall, uh, ended up being disbarred, I believe, from his, uh, from his uh, position. And that's the reason why it's called the school shooting experts. or, you know, now they go with the, uh, the tackling Fox News contributor, because they can't tell people that either, you know, A, they've been, uh, you know, uh, disbarred, or B, they've been uh, taken out of their uh, whatever profession, or, you know, whatever. So, basically, they've now gone with the Fox News contributor. You know, they can't bill Nigel Farage as uh, leader of the UK independence party anymore, so that's the reason why they call him, quote-unquote, Fox News contributor. What does Nigel Farage even contribute to that station? Well, just more right-wing talking points? To me, Fox News is the reason why a lot of people don't trust mainstream media anymore. Especially on the left, especially on the uh, in the centre ground. And to me, it's just, you know, anyone who tells me, oh, well, you know, the reason I believe this is because I heard it on Fox. uh, Those people, you know, don't count it, you know, really don't know what they're talking about, in my opinion. And you know what the worst thing about all of this is? With Fox News, Fox News actually got more powerful with one man. Because apparently, this news station, or quote unquote, you know, quote unquote news station, has the ear of the President of the United States. Just keep that in mind and how scary that is. Well, I did say it was going to be a short show and uh, that's going to be it um, for those wondering about what's going on on next week's show, we are going to be having a normal show again, I will guarantee that uh, Patricia will be back on the show, Josh will be back on the show Ajaya will be back on the show and we'll be having a special guest, uh, internet reviewer uh, Jambariki will be on the show next week and so we're all looking forward to his company and uh, that's what we am going to be working on over the next couple of weeks hoping to get guests on and uh, not people that you know have been on before or anything like that or, even though we will still have people that have been on previous and uh, we'll have them back for uh, discussions but uh, I want to try and reach out to other people and uh, so um, you'll have some very different guests coming on the show over the next couple of weeks and I'm hoping you'll find them just as much as entertaining as, as you find me and um, all the other guys on the team so yeah uh, that's it for me this week. Thanks very much for checking out the show. Hope you all enjoyed yourselves, and uh, if you uh, want to check me out next week, it's uh, if you want to check me out on uh, social media, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Show, twitter.com forward slash show. If you want to find me on Tumblr, it's AaronMeta.tumblr.com, and uh, also uh, you can find me on YouTube with my Let's Plays. It's youtube.com forward slash Show. That's me for this week. Thanks very much for checking me out, and I will see you very soon. Take care, and bye-bye for now.